Hello, I'm Jamie Butters, Chief Content Officer at Automotive News, here with the third of four podcasts from our series, A Call to Action, which looks at how the auto industry responded to the COVID crisis. Loyal readers of Automotive News and devoted listeners to our podcasts might be familiar with Diana Lee and the Do Good Auto Coalition, but only the first part of the story. In every crisis, there are good stories to tell. They are the heroic stories, thoughtful efforts, and humanitarianism that takes on a whole new effort. Diana Lee is one of those stories, but it's not... When the pandemic reached the U.S., it really socked the New York area. Lee and Constellation Agency, which she co-founded four years ago, started helping dealers find ways to help the community during the crisis, especially by donating vehicles and drivers to deliver food to hungry people who couldn't safely go to food banks. When dealerships, the main clients for New York-based Constellation Agency, were shuttered, vendors offered discounts on fees, but Diana Lee was looking to help not just her customers, but some of the most vulnerable people in the area. Yeah, I was overwhelmed back at the end of March, beginning of April, um, and I just felt like, Jamie, that there was really nothing I could do business-wise in order to, you know, make things better right now, right? And so when, you know, there were a lot of people calling me saying, what are you going to do right now to help dealers? And what are you going to do in order to help people right now? I mean, I got that question so many times, whether there were a lot of third parties that called and said, look, most of the, um, the vendors out there are cutting their costs by over 50%, you know, 20%, 30%, 40 40%, 50%. And I said, sure, I can obviously do, do something with the fees, but I just didn't feel like that was enough and it was going to change anything for anybody really out there. And so at the time, you know, I was really thinking about a way of how do I help people, but then how do I also help dealers at this time too, to represent the goodness that they're also doing out there? Because there were already so many dealers that were already donating food and supplies and and individually going to uh, pantries and dropping off things. It was just not recorded anywhere. And because the auto industry tends to get a bad reputation most of the time, it's really hard to sometimes see some of the good, good things that our dealerships do out there. And so this was a way to somewhat give back to the communities, uh, but also to highlight the dealers that were doing these things. The effort grew and the Do Good Auto Coalition, seated with about $500,000 of Constellation's time, talent, and cash, created a site, effectively a marketplace, where donors could offer their assistance and nonprofits could ask for help. Across the river in Newark, New Jersey, Jennifer Nelson was already on the ground, distributing food to hungry families through an organization called Table to Table. So, so Table to Table is a food rescue Program. It operates in four counties in New Jersey, and we they have six refrigerated trucks on the road six days a week. So um, they pick up food that would otherwise be wasted and deliver that to organizations that serve people in need, so soup kitchens and after-school programs and senior programs and shelters, that kind of thing. Um, and so I was the director of operations there, so I was responsible for all of the day-to-day logistics um, for... Uh, the relationships with the food donors, 
for, you know, the trucks and the transportation piece as well. Um, so it was definitely, you know, it, it was busy, but it was such a great mission. Um, and I learned so much about um, food security and, you know, working a little bit with the recipient agencies that we brought food to um, that I, I, you know, when I found out about Do Good Auto Coalition, I thought it was a really natural fit. And so I started matching Do Good Auto Coalitions with some of the agencies that we worked with. And that's how I, I met Diana. Not only was the need for help skyrocketing, Diana Lee said many nonprofits were suddenly bereft of experienced volunteers. As soon as we started to go to one rescue, what I realized was most of the nonprofits were saying to me that uh, they needed assistance in transportation. And what they were saying is at one time, their volunteers were mostly all elderly. So when COVID started, all the elderly people obviously would not come out of their homes and they lost most of their volunteer base. Um, in addition to that, you know, especially in areas like New York City, um, some of the nonprofits were saying, you know, in the past we were rescuing 50 pounds of food, 30 pounds of food. But now with the restaurants that are closed across the country, we're rescuing now 10,000 pounds of food and how are we going to move all the supply? And they're all perishable. So if we don't move it, they're all going bad. So what are we going to do? And so I realized the need was so great that everybody was experiencing the same uh, situation as a nonprofit and that they were all leaning on people like myself uh, that had uh, a way to get transportation to those needs as quickly as possible. Like I said, some of you may be familiar with the coalition and its work, but here's what's new and interesting. With the explosion in demand and thankfully a huge boost in donations, the shortcomings of the standard procedures were painfully exposed. We were so gung-ho, we're like, yes, we're gonna do this, we're gonna deliver to 1,500 apartments and residences every Wednesday, and then we got the list and very Quickly, we just dispersed the list thinking this is all we have to do. And we got a ton of complaints from the volunteers. It was like they were volunteer fatigue, meaning like they drove from nine in the morning to six at night. And many of them complained about the fact that they went to the same areas three, four or five times within those hours. And so that's when we realized that was our aha moment mm -hmm. where then we went back to the municipality and this is the city of Newark and we said, you know, give us the data. Her data science team took the list of hundreds and hundreds of families, arranged them by address, eliminated duplicates, sorted them by ward and street before distributing them to the drivers. And that way people would get done much sooner. So. When it used to take us from nine to six at night, we'll go on a run from nine in the morning and we're done by 11.30. The feedback from volunteers was swift and positive. Very quickly, the city of Newark reached out to me and they were super excited because we didn't even tell them, Jamie. We were just doing, we're frustrated, right? And they're like, Dana, this changed our lives here. <laughs> 
dad, they said, oh my gosh, this changed our lives because they started to get here from everybody. Like that was the most efficient route. Who did that? How did you guys do that? So more food was being distributed, but the mayor's office was concerned about whether it was going to the right neighborhoods to give them the best odds of truly and equitably reducing hunger throughout the city. Traditionally, distribution is very relationship-based. It's about who knows who. That's how nonprofits tend to operate. But City Hall is responsible for everyone, and it had trouble coordinating the efforts to secure the maximum benefit from the donations received, said Jen Nelson of Table to Table. The mayor's office, and specifically the chief of staff, responsible for food operations in the city, and they were really struggling to get their hands around who's bringing food into Newark and where is it going, right? There's a number of nonprofits who are bringing food into Newark. I mean, the two biggest players by far were Table to Table and the Community Food Bank of New Jersey. Um, but there were all these other players that were, you know, um, distributing food in the city as well. So um, what what uh, Do Good Auto Coalition did is build a dashboard that all of the nonprofits are contributing their data to, and that's cool for a couple of reasons. One, because there hasn't been that kind of collaboration before, and two, um, the dashboard is just a really good tool for the city. They can see on a zip code by zip code basis where the food is going. They can also see... Um, unemployment and subsidized housing information sort of overlaid with that data so they can see where the most need is and they can make really strategic decisions about where they want to focus their efforts, where the most need is. So, so that's a really, really cool tool for the city. Contrary to the image of a nonprofit operator, all hard and relationships, uh, Nelson is all in on numerical analysis. Her LinkedIn page features a quote she once said in a panel discussion, it's become a bit of a mantra, without data, you're only guessing. While hunger fighting nonprofits share a giving spirit and many noble objectives, they typically don't coordinate much. Profits are sort of competing for the same donors, be it food donors or financial donors. And so there's a little bit of reluctance to share information there. Um, in this case, I think the information that's being shared is more about the recipients of the food and where it's going. So um, I think once asked for the information, it was like, oh, yeah, we can do that. As well as a useful tool for operating more efficiently, the dashboard provides data that can be taken back to donors to show them how much is being accomplished and reassure them that their donations are being used well and perhaps worthy of increased giving. So it's a way to create transparency between all of the stakeholders. And at the end, it was pretty um, easy to say that the conclusion is we need more food. Elliot Lum is a vice president at the Association of National Advertisers, where he leads its educational foundation and student outreach. While working on a campaign opposing racism against Asian Americans, some were being attacked unfairly over the coronavirus outbreak because it was first found in Wuhan, China. He was inspired by the work Diana Lee was doing with Newark, New Jersey. Lee is Korean American. It broke the mold, he said, of Asian Americans staying within their own cohort, especially at a time when three in 10 black families are classified as food insecure, as are one in four Hispanic families, 
Seeing her engage with the Ross Baraka administration in Newark, which is about 50% black, gave him hope for better relations among minority groups in America, or even all groups. I mean, the racial narrative is really important. And I think like, you know, what she's doing, I, I want to hold her up as an example to the Asian community of saying like, you know, because I do feel like a lot of Asians are very paralyzed in this environment where they're just not sure what to do. And so I'm like, here's a chance to actually like, here's somebody who's actually doing something and giving you the opportunity to access this. Mm -hmm. So I feel like um, that's why I want to help her because I want to see her successful so that hopefully other folks will actually follow. He's volunteered a couple of times on the food rescue missions and said it was a great experience, one that more people, especially students, should have. While many student programs are what he calls case study contests, he wants marketing students to get engaged on a personal level and connect with the operational challenges as well as the positive feelings that come from helping a person face to face. What I'm trying to do right now is get a couple universities to go on a food rescue mission. Yeah. And then once they do that, spec out an idea where it's like how they get their students involved if you think about a case study competition it's just here's the problem here are students that solve the problem and then they all everybody goes back this is like an ongoing problem right so it's like you got to think about the mechanics a lot differently but i guess what i get excited about is like it really is like you're preparing students like if the purpose of college is to prepare students for like society this is a great way to kind of illustrate that point if he through the ana and its education foundation can get universities and other institutions involved, it can give the Do Good Auto Coalition legs to continue its mission well beyond COVID. To keep it going in the meantime, the coalition hired three full-time people, including Jennifer Nelson, who last week became its senior vice president. That in part frees up Lee to focus on Constellation Agency. Smart of a businesswoman as she is, she doesn't really know nonprofits. And so that's where I kind of come in. Um, Having been in the nonprofit world for six years or so, um, you know, my primary focus is going to be fundraising um, and operations. I mean, that's really, you know, just sort of the foundation of what we need to do right now. For starters, she's looking to raise 200000 to $300,000 from individual donors and corporate and foundation grants to develop an app where nonprofits can post their transportation needs and people can sign up for them. It's funny when I when I told people I was coming to do Good Auto Coalition, they're like, "Wasn't well, that like a a COVID thing? Like, is there really going to be work?" And I'm like, "There's going to be plenty of work for Do Good Auto Coalition to do now and into the future." And you know, I mean, organizations always have these sort of transportation needs, but they also have these these data and technology needs. I was recently doing some research, and a survey showed that only 11% of nonprofit organizations feel that their use of technology is, is effective. <laughs> and so, you know, most nonprofits don't have the resources to spend on 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 the data and technology resources that even they need or the know-how. So, um, I think Do Good has a role in that for a long time to come, and just helping other organizations fulfill on their missions by helping them use technology more effectively. Lee is ready for more normal-like business to resume, but she doesn't want to lose the connection to the community and this direct way to give to others in need. 
we realize the importance of the work. We don't want this to go away just because marketing is starting to take off again. I see that dealers are, you know, advertising again. OEMs are also advertising again. But this is too important a mission for us, and we believe that there's still great need out there, and so we don't want to stop. We、yeah. want to keep going and making sure that we help the people in need. Having spent half a million dollars in just three or four months, she's looking for more partners on the donor side of the equation. HelloFresh, the meal kit company, is a major donor of food. Many more are needed. We just need more people to step up at this point, right? We need the HelloFresh of the world to step up and say, "There's going to be food that we can donate to the cities and to the residents that really need the supplies."、Um, We we need more dealerships to step up and say we can do the transporting. We need OEMs to step up. I mean, so far we do not have an OEM to work with, but we badly need one because for this to be sustainable, we need a supply of vehicles that could actually step up. Like Lum, Lee said that volunteering is immensely rewarding, and she has her teenage kids out driving too. One of these experiences that you realize that in the U.S. there's so many people in great need,、yeah. but also the gratitude that they give you when you drop it off, and、mm. the children when they cheer, they see your car, and they get the supply of food for the week. It's just something that I could never explain on a podcast. I definitely think that it's something that people should experience for themselves. Thank you to Diana Lee, Jennifer Nelson, and Elliot Lum for sharing their stories. You can read more about the auto industry's good deeds in this week's automotive news. For more on the industry's fight against COVID-19, go to autonews.com/calltoaction. Please join us next week for our final installment of a call to action, when automotive news reporter Michael Martinez gives us the inside story of Ford's urgent response to the coronavirus crisis. You won't want to miss it. I'm Jamie Buckers.